You're good. Yeah, the wheels do not move very well on this chair. Huh. Ah, well, mine feels a bit too short, so... We're both suffering in our own way for art. Yes, and there goes a car. This is why, like, if if I have a pass for driving test, I'm always going to drive considering what if people are recording podcasts. (laughs) I do not drive that way. You drive I drive intentionally. Everyone is doing a podcast. But intentionally ruining it. Yes, Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, and so in other news, what's the name of our show again? <laughs> it's been so long. I don't know. Welcome we... to Nothing Much to Talk About. This is the, and it's a momentous occasion because this is the first time in our podcast history that we're recording in person. Yeah, it's Looking wild. at each other's beautiful faces. Well, as we record. 50-50. That's, I know. Yeah, but I didn't want to say anything to make you feel worse. So, you know. I, see, I thought... Yeah. I thought it was you that was the ugly one. God, you really are playing hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's also a monumental occasion because of my outfit. Well, that, that more, that's only a momentous occasion when you realise the topic of today's episode. Yes. In many ways, a sequel episode, because we have already talked about the predecessors. Oh, it's true. Yes, yes, right. I forgot about that. Exactly, because nothing's more relevant right now in the world and in society and in human history in general than Space Jam A New Legacy. Goddamn right. And we, it had to be discussed and mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Because as we are a new legacy forming our own futures, uh, a new generation of children have found their legacy will be created from this, this film. space jam yes, yes yes that it is weird isn't it that like in 20 years time even though the first space jam came out before we were both born but pe- kids are going to grow up with this film yeah essentially in addition to the new one it's going to be to them what the original was and yeah that strikes me as a little odd and it's it's weird as well because this is the first looney tunes film since like 2003 since back in action yeah but then again, and, and the other Space Jam did kind of represent a bit of an end to a dry spell for them back then, because there hadn't been any new Looney Tunes content for a while, I don't think, at that I'm, point. I'm just, people will be angry that I've called it content, but, you know, I'm just getting into the mindset of Space Jam 2. Yes, all, it's all about Everything content. is an IP to be mined for content. <sighs> but yeah, because it was, the reason it came into existence was because of the commercials, the Air Jordan sort of adverts where Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny are playing basketball together. Yeah, which someone, is somewhere an executive went. I see, I see. A that movie. is a movie yeah, potential. A movie. Yeah, I suppose it's sort of off the back of seeing that live action and animation could work as maybe, well because it's just yeah. after Roger Rabbit, isn't it? About ten years after, yeah. eight years after, roughly. But you know, but yeah, it takes him a long time to perfect achieve perfection. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it makes me wonder though, where is Charles Barkley's Godzilla film? Because he was in an advert where he played basketball with Godzilla, and then they never made a film out of that. Well, it's because it. of Matthew Broderick's Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong versus Barkley. Oh. It's waiting to happen. Why doesn't it happen? <laughs> Just Godzilla versus Kong, but in a three-point dunk match. Yes, and <laughs> and regular-sized Charles Barkley is also there. <laughs> That's the thing. Does he in this film? Does he grow? Does he get big as well, or is he just the same size? Yeah, well, I suppose it, it's. It depends if you're looking at it in the original Space Jam view or yeah. in Space Jam New Legacy view, because Space Jam original, when Michael Jordan goes into the Toon world, yeah. he stays Michael Jordan. He does. Well, this is, this is you know, something maybe worth discussing. And I mean, we can do it now if you want, sure. No, actually, I won't, because I do have a few points to make in regards to this. So, welcome to a segment I'm going to call 
come on and jam and welcome to the slam oh. as we break down Space Jam compared to its sequel, Space Jam New Legacy. Interesting, interesting. Yes. And I'm going to do this with a specific set of criteria. S for story, P for performances, A for animation, C for characterization, E for emotion, J for James, <laughs> A for action, and M for message. Yeah, I devoted an entire section just to talking about LeBron and comparing him to Michael Jordan. That is, I'm you could say it's J for James and Jordan. See, I thought M was going to be for Mr. Cheadle. No, I ha- yeah. Well, I, he could be covered under performance because that's the other thing. Performances does not cover LeBron because he has his whole inner section for him. I see. So we cannot discuss no. LeBron in, yes. in that section I mean, at all. Yeah, you can if you want to, but we will be repeating ourselves. So first off, we've got story. story. Yes, some story. But boy, boy, we both saw it. That's yes. probably a good way to begin. That's... We both saw it at the same time. Yes. And I was... You were... Extremely positive about it. Oh, that. really? Were you now? <laughs> We well, I distinctly, I must remember a very different car ride on the way home where we just broke down specific fit. I mean, I don't know. Generally, I would say I had an okay time with Black Widow, even though we spent most of the ride home complaining about it. Yes. I think <laughs> there's a, a lot to be said in the cultural effect of what this film was for me personally. Yes. Just because there was a, a huge part of my life that was dedicated to the first Space Jam. Maybe it's time we shed light on the fact that you're wearing currently Space Jam shorts and uh, Space Jam shirts. Yeah, and um, also Space Jam boxes, which are yeah. underneath the shorts. Although are they, the shirt isn't specifically Space Jam, it's more No, just, I, I, uh, my Space Jam shirt general. is... Um, yes. But you do watch. own many, yeah, separate pieces of Space Jam clothing. And I you went are not to the screening, yes. dressed in the Toon Squad logo. Yes. And it's because it's one of the first DVDs I had as a child, mm-hmm. is the first Space Jam. I know, we've got the DVD in this room as we're recording. Yes, um, and it's a, a film that my, my mum presented to me and was always like this is your this favorite is, film this is your and i was like album. i agree and you've <laughs> to this day you've continued just to obey your mom's <laughs> orders in that one yes because it's 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 simply just a film that latched onto my childhood and was such a novelty in its existence that it's still fun to talk about yes yeah and in my in my first year of university and probably long after it was part of my personality that I presented to people. Yes, yeah. Because it was a unique aspect that I could say, this mm. is my favourite film. Yes, I did notice, you tweeted at one point earlier this year, my entire personality was made up of Bo Burnham and Space Jam. This is your year. This is it. This Unfortunately, is everything yes. Is, yeah. Everything is downhill from here. Because the <laughs> opening part of the year was... Bo Burnham randomly releases a new special yes, and yes, the new Space Jam different. finally comes out yes. after like six years of hiatus where originally it was going to be James oh, yes. Wan doing it. Yes, on... oh, I remember that. And yeah. then they, they did actually have a director who they thought Terrence Nance was going to direct it and then he was replaced with Malcolm Lee, I think, is yeah. the guy. And it just, it's been, it's been development it's been, hell. It's been 84 years. Yeah, and it... It's genuinely yeah. baffling. And it's here and it's arrived. And, and uh, now we, what we, do I do with my life? We've got thoughts on it. Well, that's the thing, because ideally, I mean, I have a, you know, nostalgic fondness for the first Space Jam. Probably more, I never actually owned Space Jam on home video. I owned Back in Action on home video, so I'm way more familiar with that one. And I have probably more attachment to that one. But no one else agrees, because that one's Bond. Well, um, yeah, it is a superior film. It, it is. It is, the, in my opinion, the, the, yes, the best the better film. Yeah. content. Yeah. So, But if anything, we're 
especially you, but both of us are ideal targets for this film because it's based on nostalgia, half ironic, half sincerely liking it. And now here's a new one. And we got thoughts on it. And I just realized we I was about to start with story and we got sidetracked into our personal story. But it's still time. a story. Still relevant to the story. In regards to story, something I find very confusing about A New Legacy is that at the beginning of the film, Don Cheadle playing Algy Rhythm, which is, okay, what very minor point. They keep calling him Al through the whole film when Mr. Rhythm feels like a much better villain. Yeah, name. it's a villain name. I'd call him that even, instead. It's, it's not even necessarily a villain name because obviously he... Well, spoiler alert, yes. he isn't the villain to begin with, but he's, no. like, he becomes yes. the villain. So Mr. Rhythm still sounds like a cool name that a kid mm. would be like, this guy's cool, and then for him to still be a villain, yeah. it still makes sense. And they could mention it in passing that his first name is Al G or something, yeah. and then you could be, oh, Al Algorithm, I get it. There we go. Because this is the thing. So Al G Rhythm, the algorithm, the Warner Brothers algorithm, at the start of this film, he pitches an idea where it's basically just, I can scan any film property, I can scan LeBron James, I can mash them together, and we can have LeBron in everything. And then, and LeBron James shoots, shoots down this idea. He doesn't like it. He, yeah, exactly. He, he just motioned like a basketball shot. Yeah, <laughs> for reference. And he hates the idea. And he's like, this is dumb. It's bad. Who's this for? This is the worst idea that could ever be And then made. they proceed to just make that film. But with only, but yeah, film. even with all the different it's, properties and yeah, everything. Yeah. They're just like, we can get by by just throwing LeBron at everything into every property we have and then just combining them all. And, and then that's it and we're done. And Because um, it's like, I, is it the film being self-aware or is it like covering its tracks? Being like, we know this is dumb, but... But then it's like the hero of your film thinks your film is a bad idea. And then you have the ex executives who are playing the people who made the film, basically. Yeah. Being like, oh, we agree, it's a bad idea. I know. Warner Brothers really not having a high opinion of themselves. They do cast themselves as uh, Sarah Silverman and Stephen Young. So, so you that, yeah, that's pretty high opinion. To yeah, fair. but then they're like, these are spineless cowards. The only person who likes the pitch is... Uh, no, two people like the pitch. One is Algy Rhythm, the yeah. villain of the film. And the person who made the pitch. Yeah, and the second one is the son who is shown to be on the wrong side later in the film. Yeah. Like, it's part of his narrative that he's in with the wrong crowd and has to turn it around. But they're, aren't they both on the wrong side at some point? You know, LeBron admits he was in the wrong and the son admits he was in the wrong. Because they're, they, they're both, they both have wrong pitch. But not, regards, not in regards to the pitch. No, it's true. Because the pitch is basically irrelevant after that meeting. It just serves as the the flame under Algie yeah. Rhythm's... Um, Bum. Yes, it, it's what gives him. It's what gives him a sense of purpose to defeat LeBron just because he didn't like his pitch. What gives me the the biggest confusion about it though yeah. is that where this film exists. I was gonna say, if, if you're going where I think you're going, yeah. yeah in terms of because this film exists in a world like it exists in our world, I guess. Yeah, where this first Space Jam is a film. That's the thing. Is this? So is this a thing where Space Jam happens, like it's chrono like historical events, or is this just Space Jam is a film? Because they they show it in the the sequence where they are showing the different films that Warner Bros has made, yeah, and they show Space Jam, Space so Jam's it's a film. That. So it must, yeah. So which decanonizes the Looney Tunes as real things, which is weird in a kids' film 
where the first one they, they just are real they, in a different world. That's the thing. They've done that before because the first one alludes to the idea that they are just all their cartoons are just things they are acting out. And then of course, um, back in action has this notion that like they've all ev- all of they are just movie stars. Yeah, that's what they are. They're just like any other film star. They have con- like I think. Boggs says to Elmer at one point, we made 35 pictures together. Yeah. And now, but he's, I'm secretly evil. Yes, exactly. And it feels like, it feels like it doesn't give room for a clever spin on it, which is say, what if Algae Rhythm just pitches make Space Jam again? Yeah. What if that's his pitch and they're like, they have mixed feelings on it or something. And then the rest of the film is him forcing them to go through those notions or something like that. And you'd still run into the same thing of being like, uh, do they know that this is self-aware or is it not self-aware? Because it's you know, the yes. company saying, yeah. we should just make Space Jam again. Yeah, but it would be a more direct reference, I think, to the fact that it is a Space Jam film instead of what it is, which is... Put they seem to, everything. They seem to have dis yeah, and they seem to have disdain for the idea that this is a film where we'll just get all of our Warner Brothers characters and throw them together. Yeah, it doesn't then, initially feel like it's a space jam film. Yeah. It's a LeBron gets sent to the digital world yes, film. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't there's nothing to do with space. Or jam. It's just yeah. <laughs> I mean they do they do jam, there's a basketball game. Yeah. That's that's but it. But it's not even a basketball game. It's the it's the Suns game. Yeah, it's the it's the video game. Yeah. Which, is there a section that talks about video games in that thing? I don't, have I don't know where that would come I mean, into we it. Can, we, I do actually have a bit in there more relating to action and the way that they uh, sort of have the rules of basketball. I think and the I rules of the video game. Yes, exactly. It's, like, it's a video it's game. Good. Anything yes, can happen. Yeah. We don't need actual rules that we can stick to. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing I will say, story wise, is that. LeBron and James, LeBron and James, <laughs> LeBron and James, and Bugs and Bunny, yes, uh, two separate people. Um, they they're the only two people in the film who really have like any clear cut motivation in terms of what they want, which is both in both cases to get someone they've lost. Yeah, but then they don't really bond over that, in and it feels a little odd. No, to me. like there's the initial bonding of them being like, <laughs> LeBron knows who Bugs is, and Bugs knows. It. You're LeBron James. I've yes. seen you on the basketball courts. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's weird that they know each other and they're instantly friends. Whereas originally the the version of Michael Jordan is Bugs Bunny. What are you doing here? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Except so. it's a lot more deadpan than that. Oh yeah, that's the other thing because both films start off with this flashback to their childhood years, MJ and LeBron's. But MJ's actually comes back into it. LeBron's flashback doesn't, other than well. It, it does vaguely in the sense that like he needs to work harder for things and he needs to always be professional. He ain't, and he's, it's time to put away childish things like it's, it's Looney Tunes game. On the Game Boy. Yeah. Like. That's, it annoys me a little that he's, his nostalgia for Looney Tunes is framed as him enjoying a game played by them instead of actually watching them. Be, them, the being them. Yeah. Like, be- that's a cool thing about the original Space Jam is that they're just on TV in the background. Yeah. And it's... And because it's for the kids there, like yeah. the kids go like, oh my God, that's Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny. And they yeah. watch their dad get yes. to play. Yeah. Whereas this one is like, LeBron James used to love Looney Tunes when he was a kid. Yeah. So now he is getting to play with the tunes. I'd never considered what a weird left turn it is for the original Space Jam to have those two opening scenes. One of Michael Jordan as a child with his father, who we know died at an untimely young age. Yeah. Um, nice, uh, and 
And but also that combined with his re- recreating his retirement speech and he him being like, I have no love for the game of basketball anymore. I just want to go and play. And then it pivot, exactly it pivots to them being about <laughs> Looney Tunes. It's such a weird like you are starting as this drama, this exploration of who Michael Jordan is as a person, and it's still that, but with also Looney Tunes now. Yeah, and and it's weird, especially now with the um, I can't remember the documentary's name. The Last Dance. The Last Dance. Yeah, yeah. Um, really it's good. weird having that exist now, and you could, and people have done it, but you can very easily just kind of intercut Space yes. Jam with Space that. Jam into that. Yes, that this will be covered in the James slash Jordan section. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I'm going to move on to performances. So what I find in this, in regards to the new Space Jam, everyone feels, all the human actors, feels weirdly understated yeah. in a way that, and, and on the one hand, I'm like, maybe that's a good thing because you want the Looney Tunes to be the center of attention. They need to be wacky. But then it means that they, the live action characters really struggle to hold their own, I think, during live action scenes when it's just them. Yeah. Like, it needs, like, a Wayne Knight or a Bill Murray presence. Yeah, there's there's no wacky human yeah. character. It's sort of missing that factor, I think. Uh, yeah, I hadn't really considered that, but, like, Wayne Knight and Bill Murray being that sort of, like, the obscure... Part, whereas, like, uh, I guess the Bill Murray is the Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, like, but even like... that, that's the thing. I got really excited because I thought, oh, Michael B. Jordan's going to play for them now. But then he just leaves. Yeah. And, like, I wanted to see Michael B. Jordan play. That would be good. But then we uh, wouldn't get the golden gag of Daffy writing on his little notepad, wrong Michael Jordan, fire Sylvester. <laughs> <laughs> or trade Sylvester. But you could, they could use another player anyway. They could just have him be there. Yeah. What did Bill do in the first one, really? Uh, he, he was, was only the, the ultimate NBA player. Yeah. And he, re- he, he quit when he was exactly. on his highest. He quit. He, he has a 100% win record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that actually, that sort of winning records brings me on to, because um, this is a, a positive thing about the first Space Jam, though, is that even when it is just the five basketball players whose powers get stolen, they're pretty good to what? They have, like, pretty good comedic instincts. And yeah. they, you know, I, I'm a big fan of that scene where, is it Charles Barkley who's the one who goes to the court and the kids are like, they, they're like, yes. yeah, yeah. And they, you know, the real and they immediately Barkley. reject him when he can't play. He could just be having an off day, kids. Did you consider that? Like, you're just a phony who yeah. looks like him. Yeah. But I love their whole existential crisis that happens. Well, that's the thing is that of... they're able to cut back to that and it's yes. enjoyable to watch. Yes. Like them being like, oh my, I like, yeah. I think it all started when I was a kid. And... Yeah, yeah. And he's thanking God for Madonna <laughs> and. And then I still, the line that haunts me the most is the one who, and I don't know his name, but the one who's like, at least you guys are tall. I'm just a short guy who can't play basketball now. Yeah. It's like, as if they're just going to all walk yeah. out into the world and then they'll mm. all get nice opportunities. But him yeah. being short means that yeah. he has nothing. Yeah. The reason why I connected to this to winning records as well is because, and I pointed this out to you the other day, or I just, you may have known it already, but I said this the other day, that all five of those players never won the NBA championship because Michael Jordan was in basketball during that time and then came back. So it's a real power move of him to give them their basketball powers back and then also return to basketball so none of them could win. But then he gives them the line in the film to, to, of them being like, come on, Michael, I bet he's lost his game. He can't beat us. Yeah. And then they basically oh, turns around and goes like, that's it. Well, you, he's like, you've brought this on yourselves now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I also find it a little odd that none of the five players, when Michael Jordan gives them that, they must be very grateful because none of them are like, you did this. You've, I know you're connected to this in some way. They're all very blasé about we got our powers back now. I There's think no... they're just so grateful because exactly. it's like, I didn't want to face the existential dread. Exactly. There's no, towards me. there's no fear from them of what if this happens again? Because we did not cope with it the first time. <laughs> what if, what if, should we take steps to make sure it doesn't happen again? They're all just like, nah, we, we got this. Michael Jordan just turns up with a glowing basketball and goes, just touch the ball. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, well, I mean, okay. Yeah. And then they and can suddenly play again. Yeah. And no Wayne Knight very honorably does not touch the ball, even though he's there. Well, uh, why did he bring him along to that meeting? I don't think he brought him along. He just I, <laughs> I think he, he was just there. It's, it's so that he could leave the spaceship and be like, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, so on that front, I'd say the cameos in this one, in New Legacy, aren't quite as good. It's because there's too many of them in a way. That as well. But you don't get the background people or yeah, cameos. I think it just. Look, I don't know who any of the basketball players are, but it doesn't, you know, I think it loses, the, the weight of that cameo loses a bit of weight when they're just... Uh, but they're morphed they're just, into different Exactly, characters. they're just CGI, they're not them. It would be funny to see them reacting to that maybe, because this is apparently a thing that everyone's supposed to be watching. So it might be funny if we got a couple of shots of them being like, why am I a giant snake monster? <laughs> Do I really look like that? Yeah, yeah. Just like little lines of them. He does give, yeah. LeBron does give like a line where he's like, that guy's eyebrows are out of control or something. Apparently that basketball player does have big eyebrows. That's his thing. Great. Yeah. I would love to see him have Mm. that made fun of him, but it just feels like LeBron was like, I've got a personal vendetta against this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure he's got big eyebrows Mm. because it'd be funny when I say, you got big eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of, this can slide us into the next section. So the animation on those guys is a bit rough, but uh, would you they're, say they're all right. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're good enough because they're just, they're consistent with the style, but yeah. it's, the, it's the fact that there is fantastic 2D animation in it that when everything goes to being 3D, you still, yes. you never get time to adjust to it properly. Yeah. Even it, with the tunes looking quite, good the, the design isn't bad i don't think it's a pretty good translation of it it's not it again it's this weird case of the film being almost kind of self-aware and kind of hating itself but not like it seems like an almost body horror moment where they transform yeah they're like uncomfortable with it they're like oh god what yeah, is this what's happening to me yeah i do i do enjoy the animated segments of this i would say more than the rest i think that's the strongest part of the film yeah my, my personal favorite animation style of it is still the back in action style of the yes I, mimicking the um yeah it looks like the, the chuck stuff. jones yeah. era cartoons in that but one. cleaner yes like it's, it's the same style though. yes i would say with that one even though the animation is good i think it looks a bit too crisp yeah in regards to whether which you know maybe because they're not necessarily trying to recreate the chuck jones era sort of thing so i get it's more it's not necessarily a huge issue it's just yeah, I do have a lot of fondness for how Back in Action nailed it. And the compositing is really good it's, on that yeah, as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. Which I can't say at all times during the first Space Jam. No, but that, in fairness, there is a good few years in between. Exactly, three. yes. And this one is, and, and I think making them 3D animated is a good move on that part because it's much easier to have them interact in that regard. Yeah. And, you know, even putting aside like the 15 years of advancements, I think it's a better strategy. Uh, and I, we were mentioning earlier, though, you said Michael Jordan in the first Space Jam doesn't transform into a tune, but LeBron does. And I think that's a good call by this film. But as you said, like, LeBron 
performs better yes. as a voice actor yes. than a regular actor because he's given the opportunity for his character to be more wacky. Yes, they can match the tone of what he's saying with his physicality because he's animated. So it yeah. can just... Like and his... more stuff can happen to him. Where like, yes. in the first one, Michael Jordan gets scrunched up into a ball. Yes. And it's horrifying. Yes, it is. Yeah. And he also... Wayne Knight gets slammed. Yeah, yeah, like there's a lot of little wackiness in mm. it. Yes. That... But that that does lend itself to the final reveal in a way of Bugs being like, "This is Looney Tune world. You can yes, do whatever the hell you want." That's his arc. He goes from being the straightest of straight men to uh, in the comedic sense, not the sexuality sense. But and then finally, in the end, he learns how to stretch himself like a tomb. And it's and that I think in a way those that sort of arc that if that was grounded by the same arc that we have in this in the second one with LeBron and his kid trying to bond. It would almost have be, have be more impactful, but and and especially because they say that all, right away from the off, really, they're just like, "Oh, this is a video game; nothing matters," or something. Yeah. So then it doesn't. It's confusing what the. It's not as clear of an arc, really. I yeah. guess the only thing you can get from it is they're just playing for the fun of it. Well, it's sort of. It's still. But also, there the are same... you know, it's not the fun of it. Real people are going to be trapped there. Yeah, they they kind of do the same deal, don't they? That like. LeBron tries to play his own way. Yes. And then they're like, it doesn't work. And then he's like, okay, be more loony. Yeah. But I feel like that would work better if it was just a regular game of basketball, almost. Yeah. Because it's like, we understand the parameters and rules of basketball. And so it's funny to see the Looney Tunes jump all over it. That's what's good in the first one where they just... They go on a moped. Yes, and they shoot out that guy's teeth. And I, I don't think that's allowed in basketball, but they're Looney, so it works. Yeah, whereas... In this one, it's like, it's a video game. We're not going to tell you the rules. No. And it's the joke of being like, oh, LeBron being a dad doesn't understand how video games work. Yeah. We also don't because we're all 40-year-old men. Exactly. Uh, yeah. What do we think of the Goon Squad compared to the Monstars? I mean, there's, there's no comparison. Not as memorable, no. It's, and, yeah. in, in the same way that, like, the Monstars are simply just big and beefy that makes them good at basketball. Because yes. they have players' talent. Yes. Whereas in the video game ones, these all these different characters have legitimate superpowers. Yeah. That are like the one that can stop unique. time. Yeah. It's that like, feels like an obvious advantage. Why did Mr. Cheadle, Mr. Algae <laughs> Rhythm Just not make everyone that? Yeah, or I just like it, yeah. have that person's have that player score a thousand points. Yeah. Well this is the thing, win. because it's not I don't want to nitpick in terms of logic, but it does give a odd sort of this is what I mean. It's not so much the logic angle of it. It's more just that the arc isn't as clean anymore. Because in the first one, it's easy to wrap your head around. Michael Jordan is too serious. He needs to be more loony. That's how he wins. In this one, it's like LeBron is... I keep saying it like it's LeBron almost. Yeah. LeBron. LeBron. He immediately starts off being immersed in that world. He's literally a cartoon. But then and, he goes back to being like, I yeah. need to play the like my way. Uh, like, yeah. Even then, though it's a video game, so we don't even know the parameters of what is or isn't too wacky for this. He gets launched into the ceiling, and they're like, yep, standard stuff. But then at the end, when Boggs performs a weird move, they're like, whoa, that's the big, that's the big blinding uh, yeah. revolutionary part. What, what a, a pointless moment. Yeah, that I is. know. Why does he leave and immediately come back? And then they just go no like, Toons never die, Doc. And yeah. Like, but then then why even have that moment? Because exactly. all you've done is made a kid sad. Yeah. 
it's it's fine to have. You could literally just do the fake out in that moment and be like, well, I guess it was safe or whatever. Because if, if, if his intent at that moment was, I'm going to sacrifice myself, then that still counts. But they have this weird death scene and then suddenly they're like, nope, he's just back. Yeah, it it's like they leave it for five minutes and you're sat there like grieving Bugs Bunny because they killed him for five minutes yeah. while LeBron and his son are walking to basketball camp, which turns out to be computer game camp or whatever. Yes. I don't know what because what they both go on at the same time. Exactly, it's the only way you Did can you only have play basketball or yeah. play video games. They're right next to each other. They book the same venue for a week. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Bugs just turns up and he's in the real world now. Which, yes. again, doesn't make any sense because they were in a digital world. Yes, yeah. So is Bugs Bunny yeah. just real now? I get what they're trying to go for in terms of the ending, mainly that they just want it to be a happy, fun ending. But at the same time, I I just have questions. <laughs> I need to know. And it adds to this lack of consequence for it because it's something I was thinking about while the basketball game was going on where Algae Rhythm is like, I'm going to trap everyone here. But I thought, why? What does that do for you? Yeah, you don't why gain do you, anything from yeah, that. You why want do you recognition. Want... Exactly. And, and again, it's not a logic thing. It is just a, I like the clean motivation of Danny DeVito, greedy business guy who wants to have Michael Jordan so he can make more money off him. Well, originally. And the loot, so yes, wants Looney Tunes and then Michael Jordan so he can have them be the star attraction. Yeah, that, that works. That makes sense. I get that, yeah. But within this one as well. Also, I don't... Algae Rhythm isn't particularly funny, but it feels like the film is trying very hard for him to be. But King Kong ain't got nothing on him. He hasn't got any... Yeah, but he hasn't got any... He hasn't got a line like, I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in this picture. It's true. Or anything like that. But he's it's, also not Danny DeVito. So no, it's exactly. It, it is an unfair comparison. He doesn't even say, boom, you're looking for this. Yeah, which is just yeah. a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Well, speaking of how we think characters were treated, C in the Space Jam is characterization. Yeah. So a lot of issues coming for me. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> I was going So I kept getting the impression through like a new legacy that the Looney Tunes themselves might as well just be another piece of property. Yeah. That they cycle through. And, uh, and it's not that I would say it's awful. It's just that they all feel just there. There's no... We get bugs and we get a bit of Daffy. Yes. And that's about it, yeah. really. Yeah. It's like, that's one of the things I really like about Back in Action is that it, it takes on their establishing characteristics and dynamics and then crafts a narrative around that. Like, well, even though they are all actors, we're still going to have a scene where Elmer chases bugs and Daffy through, and it's going to be brilliantly animated and just yeah. a genuinely great short sequence in itself. Whereas with this, it's like they all, and even in the first Space Jam, it's like, it's even, it's a quick moment, but they set a precedent for they're working as a team, which they don't normally do. Yeah. But in this one, it's just like, we're all bodies. But I'm like, are you? And you they try to they, kill each other every day, assuming, and this is where it's confusing whether or not they are actual Looney Tunes or just parts of the server. Because it's like, yeah. do they exist as people in their own right, or are they just acting out the roles of? Yeah, because they're just dead. They've just been sent away to Toon World as rejects, yeah. and then Bugs is the only one left there. Yeah, and then they because they for some reason they have that weird side plot where it's like everyone abandoned Bugs yes. to go and do their other thing, and Why? then that never comes back. No, they all they just never, like become yeah. friends again. Yeah, like, and no what? one ever goes. Why did you leave Bugs? Exactly. And also, 
why is Bugs like depressed and drinking in a bar? Why is he the only one left? Like I feel like he's he'd the, be the star. One. He why would, would flourish be... the most bouncing from different one universe to another. And that's the other thing. I feel like there's a couple of them are okay in terms of which universe they find each Looney Tune in. Some of them work. I think. Wiley Coyote. Road Ma- Mad in Mad Max. Max. That's great. That Perfect. makes sense. Yeah. Road Warrior. Daffy in. Being soup, Daffy in a superhero world kind of makes sense, but Daffy as Superman feels a bit odd. I, that great opportunity to bring Doc Dodgers back, which they didn't do. Yeah, it's true, but also like it makes sense because Daffy would want to be Superman. He wants glory, yes, and yeah. he's just a bad Superman. Yes, yeah, I yeah, I believe that he would want to do that and be bad at it. But then other things like Elmer Fudd being in Austin Powers and Sylvester, they're just like there's a cat and a bald guy. Who have we got who matches that? Cool. But also that was in- that's incredible visually. That it's, really got was, me. It, like, it, but it's so it it feels like almost a cat in the hat kind of comedy where I'm just like, what is even happening anymore? Uh, to be honest, that's I like that. <laughs> I really did. And the, come on, play it again, Sam. But that's it. but they don't say that line in the movie. They never say that in Castle. <laughs> but now they do. They don't. Yeah, I know. But again, this is the point. It's just it's based less on who would fit into that world and more just who matches it in some way. Like who who can we get? There's a character in Castlevania called Sam. Got it. There's yes, a cat. Yes, There's a bald guy in Austin Powers. Got it. And like you know, you on that basis, you couldn't put. Daffy Duck in the DC world because they're like, well, there's no ducks in DC. Howard the Duck, that's the Marvel thing. Damn it, we're Warner Brothers. Can't do it. And again, the other thing, Granny and Speedy Gonzalez in The Matrix. Why? <laughs> Why is that? And, and, and For the pure novelty of it at yeah, that point. But also, I think, I look, contentious opinion here. I don't get the big deal with Granny that they seem to have foisted upon her in this film. Because I'm like, the joke is that she has no idea what's going on. The joke is that she's got a cat and a bird that are trying to kill each other at every she's opportunity. She's completely unaware. And she's unaware of it. Why is she suddenly now this loony character in herself? And why can she do karate? Yes. If nothing, just for but, the one joke of exactly. being Exactly. Why would she... Yeah, this is the thing. Why would she hang out she's in about the Matrix? To go old school on that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of old people films that Warner Brothers owns. She, Casablanca. she could be in Casablanca. Yeah, she's old. She likes she watches, you know, turn of classic movies all day. Sure, <laughs> why not? Yeah, but um, and and it carries on as well because I feel like like uh, the microcosm of this I have is that Daffy is the manager and they do almost nothing with that. Yeah, they put him in a nice little suit. Yeah, and he just so sort of swears on the sideline. Yeah, and I, like such a wasted opportunity of I know. what Daffy is as a character. Yeah, because. He, he's not able to coach because the whole deal is that they get LeBron to coach while he's on the pitch and then yeah on the court, um, on the court on the same thing on but the course they don't utilize what that could do yeah there's loads of little fun side gags like I mentioned before the Sylvester little uh, thing he wrote on the board yes yeah yeah and like bits of that but it's like I need more of that because they don't give enough time to any of the tunes really no it, it's very and you know, it's just... I feel like they still didn't give any characterization to Lola, really, as a... She's yeah. just kind of there. And it's a bit of a wasted role. I mean, it's a bit of a wasted thing for to have Zendaya in that role and then not really give her any comedic sensibilities of her own, I don't think. Like, her best moment is the 
her initial reveal yeah. of her being in the Wonder Woman Which comic. still makes no sense. Because She's an Amazonian. Why? That makes but sense. Does it, though? Yes. Lola okay. Bunny would absolutely be an Amazonian. Okay, I guess. God, she's I, not. I, she's a bunny. Yeah. Okay. Wonder Woman's a piece of paper. But she, Yeah, but she's played by a real-life person. So is Lola Bunny. Okay. No, but that's, that's the voice. Never mind. So, you know, an emotional call. We're on to E now. Uh, the good. emotional core of this film. I admire that it tries to have one. It, yeah. You know, it puts out, like... In the same way, like... Bonding with his son. Yeah, the, what the first one didn't have was a, a true emotional core for yes. MJ. Yes, well, in a... In some ways, no, but in some ways, yes. And I'll get into that in the next section. But, yeah, you're right. I think it does... It, it tries... It's more overtly trying for an emotional response. Yeah. But the first one doesn't because it's me- the the most cathartic emotional moment of the first one is when Michael Jordan arrives back at basketball, I think. Yeah. And when it, and when his uh, spaceship arrives at the baseball court and a spaceship lands and everyone goes, "Look, it's Michael Jordan." Yeah, which that's is the star power. That's is. the star power he has. That uh, people are given literal proof that aliens exist, and they're still like, "Look, it's Michael Jordan." <laughs> That's the best part. And also the emotional release of Lola kissing Bugs. Yeah. After he... Because they do the exact same beat in this one as well. Yes. Where Bugs saves Lola from an incident. Yes. And then in the first one, they they have a little kiss. Mm. I don't remember if they kiss in this one. I don't think they do, but it's like a little look that they give each other. I feel like I should have had S stands for sexiness. Yeah. (laughs) But no, it's just like it's. But it's the exact same beat, just done worse. Yeah. Where like yeah. She, because he saves her in this one from a, a completely non-lethal threat as well. I think. Well, and, it's he sacrifices himself though. But it, yeah, that's the thing. It, that's it, the in least loony thing you you ever done. Exactly. In a weird way, it matters more in this one because in the first one they establish that they can survive anything almost. They, they also stuff that in this one as well. Yeah, and except, it for, turns except true. for yes, that's exactly. Yeah, they think he can die, but then it turns out it, he doesn't. No. He's just back. And also, like the way that they set up that line of like Lola being like bugs. That was the least loony thing you've ever done. As if like they'd had marital problems, and she had like been that's, saying like you need to be less loony. See, this the is, kids need us. This is the thing. I genuinely thought when we first got them together. I thought, are they going to develop it now that they've been a couple for a while or something? Yeah. But they don't seem to be. It's and, never you know, addressed look, it. Far be it from me to go into the... To they demand got, more rabbit relationship problems they got in this to keep film or anything. her single but so they, that the yes, men watching exactly. they, don't get upset. Exactly. Uh, well, you know, they've also got to keep Bugs single for the same reason. Yeah. All men, the men, men watching. Wanna, everyone wants to be him. Everyone wants to be either be or be in be with Bugs him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, or have him in them. Oh, no. You know, that's, you know, I can't speak for everyone there. I'm just, you know... I, I think would. that's disgusting. Oh, yeah. It, well, it's all oh, fine fucking is, it's rabbits. It's all fine. Yeah, but you're but not going to be rabbit. fucked by a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> he can keep that carrot away from me. Yeah. This is going to seem like a very hard turn now, but during the animation bit, I researched this thing. Not researched. I found this thing out about the first Space Jam, and what it tied into what I was saying about compositing and whatnot. Because just a brief so, thing. Yeah. Bugs would, uh, Bugs come online would be, what's up, Doc? And he'd be referring to your... Oh, okay. Right, direction. Right, okay. Continue. He'd say that, yes. Okay, no, it was a good point. I'm glad you made it. So, David Spafford. 
here it's back with it he is an animator i know it's unfortunate we talked about that and his last name involves the word spaff (laughs) he was an animator he's credited he's credited on the first space jam he gave an interview where he was talking about the nature of animating that film and so he alleged that the director of the film joe piker had no idea what he was doing in terms of animation wise because what he basically did was he went out and shot a bunch of b-roll footage essentially with michael jordan in front of a green screen and a bunch of people in green screen suits moving across him and he then just presented that to spafford and the animators being like go on animate there's the looney tunes and and like he talks about one very specific bit where it was a shot of Michael Jordan and a man in a green screen suit just crosses in front of him. And they were like, well, that's that's going to be when Tweety Bird moves in front of him. And he went, but no, you, that can't work. And because Tweety Bird's tiny and you just put a man in a green suit moving across him. And they're like, no, but you remove the green suit. And he's like, no, because the background is green. So you can't then remove the man without also getting rid of the entire background and you've blocked Michael Jordan off because there's an entire man moving across him and what you want me to put there is tiny. And they were like, well, the the director and others were like, well, screw you, Dave, Spaff. We don't need you. <laughs> Go we'll Spaff get something else. And then they came back uh, like a few weeks later and were like, can you please fix this for us? And he went, oh, fine, but you have to pay me a lot. And so that's, that's a little, like... Just just a little fraction of the technical process of making the first one. Basically where they gave it they gave it to a director who didn't really know how animation worked. Yeah. That, that, that's a huge misstep, really. Yeah. Yeah. Because like because you look at Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Back in Action, and they both do fantastic job of yes. knowing where the animation is gonna be yeah. and how to come how to film for that which is astounding because they were inventing that technique as they were making it yeah it's not one of those things where well this was their first run of this technology so it's a bit rough around the edges like no it still looks amazing and nothing else after it has really been as perfect i don't think other things yes i'm not saying other things haven't been good i'm just saying that roger rabbit is the one that still makes me it makes my jaw drop the most just from a technical level. And the fact that it's just a really good film in itself, which yeah. Back in Action also is, of course. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Yeah, anyway, animation segment out of the way. We did it. Skip the next two segments. We were on emotion. Any more emotional stuff? Um, well, it, it's interesting, isn't it, that the first film very briefly touches on fatherhood. Yes. And like how Michael Jordan's relationship with his father yeah. is what brings him into basketball in the first place. Okay, you know what? I'm going to use that as a segue into the J section, Jordan slash James. Yes. So it feel, from my perspective, and maybe I'm just biased in this because I've now watched The Last Dance, it feels like Michael Jordan put a lot more of himself into the first Space Jam than LeBron James does. And I maybe it's just... Because with LeBron James, you get a few jabs. Algie Rhythm at one point says that he's, you know, to his, to LeBron's son, like, he'll abandon you. He's known for abandoning teams, am I right? Because he's known for, like, he switched teams a lot versus someone like Michael Jordan who stayed with the Chicago Bulls for, like, his entire career. Yeah. And, but, like, let's just think about the first Space Jam in terms of where it fits into Michael Jordan's career. He had, this was a real thing that happened. He had legitimately, for a combination of factors relating to his mental health and grieving for his father and things like that, he had left basketball. He was like, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm retiring early. And they basically write a narrative 
where this very real turbulent time in his life involved Looney Tunes. Yeah. And it's, but and the first, you know, it, they recreate the press conference where he did it. They, they have him wear the same suit and he says some of the same words and the film opens with this scene of him and his father and he says in the press conference, since my father's passing or whatever, it's a real tactile line. And it's, you know, <laughs> it's just this nice bit of relatability where and, like, he, and they even he, you know he's making fun of himself in a way because he's saying he sucks at baseball basically. yes exactly he's willing to say that he's they made fun of his baseball career and that's the thing because it's you know we make fun of the fact that the first space jam insinuates that michael jordan lives in a house just yeah, a house just a just regular, a regular house. old house but, you know, in a weird way, it kind of works on a relatability thing. Yeah, he's just Where, a dude. Yeah. Whereas LeBron's giant mansion, I don't know. I'm like, he's an incredibly talented athlete. So I don't want to be, how dare you be rich or something. But it, from a movie perspective, it does feel a bit like, well, how do I relate to this guy? Yeah. And he's, he's got the magic ball machine that when yes. you say ball, it hits you in the face. Yeah, it is. It is like, it's just going, this guy's great. He's amazing. The only issue he has is that he's mean to his son sometimes. Yeah, where he's like, he's trying to push his son too yes, much. Yeah, exactly. But with Jordan, it's like, there is a very real emotional turbulence here. He's lost his way in the world. If only he could show that. Based on very, yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, he doesn't need to show it because he lived it. It's true. He, he went through the, it. Yeah, but it's just, it's very, in retrospect, I don't think we talk about how weird it is or, you know, strangely brave that he went here's the very real retirement i went through when this thing i've devoted my entire life to i was willing to walk away from and i'm going to put that on screen and it's going to be in the looney tunes film that i'm doing yeah and i'm going to learn to love basketball again yes by playing, playing with, with looney tunes Bunny. yes yeah it and that's what i meant earlier when it doesn't apart from that little bit of LeBron being told that he needs to always work hard and put away childish things. It doesn't feel like his childhood flashback resonates as much. No. It's weird how Michael Jordan's uh, flashback in the first one doesn't necessarily have any specific relevance to what happens in the film, but it has a more lasting impact because of his personal yeah. story to it. It being like, oh, you know that his father passed away and that's why we saw him as a young kid. Who he, That's how he got into basketball. Yeah. It, it just... it kicks off his arc yeah whereas lebron feels like just a cheap imitation of that it, yeah it, it feels like lebron's sort of film self is just sort of reinforcing his own constructed image of himself yeah which you know like donor i can't criticize him too much or anything because you know he's great at what he does in the end of the day but it feels like he isn't the same level of cultural icon that Michael Jordan was, which is very hard to do. Yeah, like, that is, he there is, is nobody uniquely, that yeah, like that. He's, you know, it says a lot that I've never watched a basketball game, but no, well, I have watched The Last Dance, and now I do know quite a bit about Michael Jordan. But even then, I, when I watched Space Jam as a child, I knew who Michael Jordan was. Yeah. So that is my thoughts on James slash Jordan. Now, we sort of covered this already, but just in terms of action, laying out the rules and groundwork of the actual basketball game itself, it feels a bit 
vague by nature of it being a video game. Yeah, and it, it's the it's the classic Hollywood excuse of making it a, a, like a video game because it's like ah, people don't understand the rules of a video game. You yeah. don't need to have rules in a video game. Video games are very the rules are very well thought out and often like the mo- the like, core principles of it. Yeah, it's the same as any normal game. It's yeah. just digitized. That's yeah. The point is that if rules did not exist, if there were not rules to ground something, it wouldn't be fun. Yeah. And in that regard, it's kind of hard to grasp how they're doing exactly in that final game. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? They're because like, they're just telling us. Yeah, exactly. They just keep showing the scoreboard. Yeah. And it's because... And, and again, I bring back the point of why doesn't Algy Rhythm just... He cheats and he yes. scores loads. So yeah. why doesn't he just simply win the game? Yeah. He just should just score an infinite amount of points so that they cannot win. This is almost where my thing earlier of saying why doesn't he, why don't they just have it that he's pitching space jam 2 that could work because he could be like well this how this is how it happened in the first film so it has to happen this way again yeah as like, opposed to this one where his motivations are just i'm gonna trap everyone here for some reason and it's like so why don't you just use all your powers to do that and it, that's the thing is if you if he wants recognition he gets it but yes. then by by lebron winning is somehow forgotten about yeah and it's like well Shit, it's supposed to be a tragic character now, I guess. Like the 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 sequel. The tragedy of algae rhythm. The sequel to this film is set five years down the road where there are still protesters who we believe in algae. Algae. And they they follow his philosophy because they know that like he deserved the recognition. Yes. Yeah. Although who really deserves recognition is LeBron's son, who makes like astounding technology and his dad needs some convincing that he can't go to uh, that he needs to go to video game. Despite camp. him literally developing, a he's 3D developed again. That's the thing. What? Yeah, you you have brought like technology that entire studios are struggling to make, but you've done this because you know. Look, I'm sure your dad's rich, but still, that's pretty impressive for a child to do. And you just have it on your phone. Yeah. And you've spoken to Don Cheadle for 10 minutes and he's able to scan in millions of people yeah, just through their phones. phone cameras. Yeah. And it just doesn't... It, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because it just... It feels like old white men in a room <laughs> being like, this is what games are. This yeah, is what this technology is, is these mm. days. Yeah. Well, this is the thing as well. That's why it feels odd for them to paint their own executives as being weird and out of touch at the start of the film because you watch the rest of the film and you're like yeah you are yeah i don't understand so are you aware of that are you not and if you're aware of it it feels like you should try to avoid doing that yeah instead of playing into it further yeah but you know whatever movies hey (laughs) so we i got that my last category is m for message what's the message of this film what's the theme of it what's what's it really about and you will note that I have written nothing next to this. Yeah. Because I cannot think... Like, as we sort of talked about this with emotion, there's some kind of core in it, but it's almost lost beneath a sea of IPs and properties. Yeah, they, they try to get the, the message being that you, you shouldn't just follow in the footsteps of your father. Yeah, you should it's called a make new your legacy. Own, yeah, yeah, make your yeah. own path. Yeah. And LeBron learns to accept that in his son, that yeah. his son might not be an amazing basketball player. He might not be it's the best basketball, basketball player, player. Yeah. despite the fact he has two other kids. Yeah, I know, a bit rude to them, but yeah. You know, yeah. Anyway. And that's like the message that, like, you know, follow your dreams and all that, mm. but be the best at what you want to do. Yeah. Rather than just be the best at what someone else wants you to do. 
And that's an admirable message. That's not bad, yeah. That's but, pretty good. Um, it's not quite as good as Michael B. Jordan's Looney. Re- yes, that's a really good message. But yeah, that it's about, well, the first one is about, you know, learning to love what you do. Yeah, and it's, it, it's, it's rediscovering Rediscover- yes. something that you love. It's him rediscovering his loony side and rediscovering his love of basketball. Yeah. And Bill Murray discovering his love of basketball and then immediately retiring. Because he knows that... He knows he can't... Re- he knows this is the best game anyone's ever going to be involved in. Yeah, it's... Like, what? You, you're just going to go from playing alongside Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes against a bunch of super-powered aliens managed by Danny DeVito. And then your next play game a regular is, NBA you know, game. Yeah, exactly. Next game, oh, hey, Charles Barkley, what's up? You know, no offense, Charles Barkley, but, you know, you're not, you're not Danny DeVito. You're not Bugs Bunny. Exactly. But what... So, overall, what are your thoughts on Space Jam and your legacy? It's a time... It's it's an intriguing watch when you consider the context of it. I think it's far more interesting to look at it in like the perspective of the first one and yes. how that existed at the time it was released to yeah. how this one is perceived. Yeah, that's a good point. They're both sort of very much cultural artifacts of their time. Because this film is designed for people who loved the first one 20 yes. years ago. Yeah, but while also trying to cater to, pe- to kids who are more aware of today's climate despite the fact those kids probably don't know who the looney tunes are not outside the context of this they'll know who looney tunes are in an abstract way but this is what i mean in terms of they are treated as if they're just other properties yeah you know kids aren't going to watch this knowing what austin powers is and knowing what mad max is and knowing what casablanca is but they will know they are things that exist yeah and so it sort of feels like the looney tunes are covered in that same scope like oh look you know bugs bunny he eats the cat yeah he meets the carrot he meets the cat as well but it's just it's a bit like and you know I hate to say this because this is what I've always liked about Bugs more than this this person this figure but it's like Bugs almost being turned into Mickey where it's like Mickey is the corporate mascot and in a weird way it's like Bugs is just the it's like like they use Looney Tunes the way they use the Disney characters in Kingdom Hearts how dare you oh okay (laughs) Have you played Lines of Interest? (laughs) I disagree entirely. Oh dear. Because until you have seen Mickey Mouse in a dark cloak, chopping people and the heartless up with a giant key. Don't they have very, like, absurdly weird amounts of lore in those games? Yes. Because I know they're they're related to Final Fantasy in some way, aren't they? Sort of. Yes. Yeah. In the broadest sense. Yeah, okay. There are characters from Final Fantasy in yeah, the Kingdom Hearts world. Kingdom Hearts, okay. The worlds just collide. Don't it, pretend that no, it's yeah. like, it, oh, it's, this is related to this. It's just, Kingdom Hearts is its world. It just has things from other places. It is. It, it's just that I only started laughing at it because my main knowledge of Kingdom Hearts comes from that uh, Pro XD sketch where he's like, do you think the darkness will defeat the light? No, I think the light will defeat the darkness or whatever. And then he's like, Woody! Whoa! Oh my god! And the biggest, the best context I can give you for the Kingdom Hearts games is that there is a spell in the Final Fantasy games which is called like a Zeta Flare or something. Yeah. It can only be performed by two or three people in the entire, all the different Final Fantasy games. It is a, a spell that only like a demigod could pull off. Right. In Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> Donald Duck performs this spell and goofy when donald's about to do it goes donald no in a way that sounds like that donald has done this before yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> not again. Yeah. Uh, that is the uh, best context I can give you for it. Well, that is, uh, in conclusion, Space Jam and New Legacy. Yes. <laughs> Donald's Kingdom Hearts something or other. The legacy that lives on, unfortunately, is Space Jam and New Legacy. Oh, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, damn. It's a bleak way to end. No. Uh, the It's a film. You, if you watch them back kids to back, kids will like it. I yeah, assume. kids will. Kids and that's will who ultimately it was made for, not us two grown adults talking about whether or not you know. The only thing I can how say, how often Boggs and Lola fucked? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can say is justice for Melvin Do. Why was he not? Melvin Do is in a. Di- oh, okay. Oh, Why yeah. did he not Why cameo he not in the background cameo? of this film? Yeah. They used the Scoob character models. They did. Why didn't they use they Matthew Melvin Lillard Duke. in the background and Melvin Dew should have been When there. James Gunn got hired by Warner Brothers to make su- the Suicide Squad, he should have negotiated that into his contract because he's his creation, Melvin Dew, creation of James Gunn. Exactly. He should have said, I want him in Space Jam New Legacy. Or alternatively, why wasn't Melvin Dew in the Suicide well, Squad? Well, it's because in the pitch meeting, they were like, um, should we get um the Dew? In uh, in the film, and he's like, uh, Melvin do? Nah, Scooby. Scooby. 